y'all. You're listening to Spiritual Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Susie. I'm glad you made it. So this is a safe space where we get to talk about anything and everything spiritual and metaphysical, but we're going to talk about it without the judgment, without the fear or religious guilt, and without losing any credibility. So let's open our hearts and our minds, and let's talk about the weird without being weird about it. On today's episode, I am sharing a recent epiphany I had um, about scarcity mindset. In particular, it hit me when I was doing some prayer work. But I personally have dealt with this mindset in terms of how I approach love and relationships and how I approach like financial abundance, like material wealth. These are huge issues, and I hope sharing my experiences with this mindset can help you heal. All right, so stick with me, y'all. So for today's episode, I am kind of changing the format. I think I need little bite-sized spiritual things to ponder. I kind of need that right now in terms of a, a season. The long episodes are great, but you know what? I'm kind of tired of having to live through mantras and big shit. So let's make them small little epiphanies that we can discuss. (laughs) Anyway, I hope it helps. And I hope you like the new little shorter format. Okay, so I wanted to talk today about a mindset that can really sneak into a lot of different areas of your life. And it's a scarcity mindset. I don't know if many of you have heard of that kind of phrasing before from other people, but essentially a scarcity mindset is kind of what it sounds like. You don't think there's enough. I honestly expand it to a little more than that too. I think of it also in terms of any sort of idea that I don't think something's going to work out for me or that I'm not, that whatever it is, whatever good thing that, you know, I might notice in someone else's life, like, oh no, I can't have that. Like it's a, like, you're kept from having something, basically. You either don't think there's going to be enough of whatever good thing is for your, for it to come to you or that you're not worthy of. I guess worthiness kind of comes into the scarcity mindset. It's kind of, it meshes into this, you know, am I worthy kind of arena. And you can have this belief subconsciously or consciously. And here's a couple of ways I've personally seen it work out. I remember thinking consciously when I see people, um, you know, have certain assets or have a certain lifestyle, there's no way I just couldn't like see that happening for me. Like I know I've, I've had, I've experienced those feelings. So that is, you know, an emotional response based on uh, the subconscious belief or conscious belief actually that I can't, ima- I can't imagine that actually happening to me. That surely isn't going to happen to me like a doubt. So that can show up in um, your expectation on material or financial wealth, right? There's one. Another way to see it is in your expectation of love. And that can be in all sorts of relationships from your parents to your best friends to um, your significant other, your divine partner, hopefully, right? And I've seen that definitely work out. And and I think I'm a functioning adult. And I realized I had a scarcity issue about receiving love and being open to love, even being married now more than 20 years with my spouse. 
So that was really interesting to kind of work through those things. And this is kind of what it is. It's, and my parents have been married over 50 years. So I'm all of you who think that you are um, by outward looks in a functional relationship and without this love scarcity um, framework, I call bullshit on it. So I think you really ought to take a moment to examine that. Because a great example, and I can't remember who it was who I listened to when I heard this, um, but they said, imagine the love for your child. Or if you don't have a child, like the pet that you have that you just, you know, do anything for or whatever. And then examine that love to see if it's the same intensity and gentleness and openness that you would have toward them. But do you have that toward yourself? And I know I didn't. I know I was um, having some deficits there. So to give you a concrete example, I did not have a hobby other than trying to keep the house, you know, the typical, I'm a feminist and I, and I was like, I got to keep the house. I still did the whole, some typical female roles of, you know, managing the house, being like the family secretary, all that kind of stuff, like getting the kids to and fro their activities, social calendars, all that stuff. And I didn't have like something that was mine that I could do separate and outside from that because I never prioritized looking into my soul and being like, what the F do you like? What do you like? What do you want? And then doing something in response to those questions, right? Like that self-love. I wasn't doing that. It wasn't even on my horizon to do those things. This is so hard for me to talk about even. This is so funny. I'm telling you, it was a big block for so many years. I was in that like caretaker role and with a full-time job as being a, a corporate attorney, that kind of stuff, you know? But yeah, the, my, so my big signal was you don't have a hobby <laughs> outside of your children. And are you really, are you like, do you really have this joie, joie de vivre or, you know, essence of enjoying life? And I wasn't, I didn't have it. I mean, this was a self-created issue. I have a partner who would say yes to any sort of probably crazy hobby that I wanted to start. I just wasn't even starting the examination and I wasn't even looking at this issue at all. And I look back at those years and I had a great time with the kids. I don't want to say like I didn't enjoy it. I did. But I'm telling you, now that I can kind of feel the vibe of my life now after having worked on it, comparing it to back then... I'm telling you, I, there was some depression about not expressing my soul desire and not even looking at it. I mean, I was putting my kids in all sorts of lessons. Uh, my hubby was a surfer, is still a surfer, and you know had all the surf trips, all that kind of stuff. And like, and the weekends going surfing, that was great. And I, I did try to like get into that hobby, but I kind of had an issue of like following along the same hobby as as him because I just I did want kind of my own space because I'm kind of independent natured like that. But I made that examination of my life and of my heart center or whatever you want to call it, my soul, about what it's interested in. And even some were just total half guesses. Like, I think I like pottery. <laughs> I think I like drawing, even though I would have been like, you know, I'm not I'm not great at you know, zero experience and my drawing skills were just kind of meh. But I ordered those supplies and I did take some classes. But I want to take a second and say that I acknowledge the fact that I'm kind of talking from privilege here. Not everybody has the time or money to be able to do this. So 
Not everything, though, has to be involving money in order to make a change in these areas, though. I'll just say that. I could have just grabbed any paper and a pencil and gone to the beach and started drawing with that and maybe gone on YouTube to look at videos. Do I like instruction? Am I a typical Capricorn? Yes. So I signed up for a class <laughs> but and got some, you know, really cool books. But again, I know that that's a place of privilege. So um, there are free elements of being able to make changes that are significant. But yeah, I did start signing myself up for lessons, for classes I enjoy, for solo trips so I could go write and go start this podcast by myself in these, you know, couple of great locations that I use around here where I live. And I'm telling you, the spark returned, I then, and it led to other fun things. And so, the, yeah, there's my concrete example of scarcity mindset with love. In particular, that was kind of in self-love. So look at your relationships. Are you uber devoted to your family outside of yourself? And examine if you feel like there's an imbalance there. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you going to the doctor? Are you, you know, taking relaxing baths? Or do you have a freaking hobby? Like these are huge signs of imbalance. And I'm giving an example about, I guess, a scarcity mindset and how it affects your self-love. But quite honestly, it, it goes almost immediately to other areas of love. So for example, if I have a scarcity mindset and I am in a relationship with a karmic partner, when I say that, I mean karmic is the type of soul arrangement where two souls are together and you're 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 rough you're figuring out really important lessons, but this is not a Disneyland experience. This is a really rough relationship. Lots of tumultuous experiences, a lot of arguments. So that kind of thing. So karmic's not great. You do learn a lot, but getting out of it's really hard and being in it is really hard. And it's really damn hard if you have a belief that, well, this is the best I can get. This is all I deserve. Well, then you changing that situation is going to take some time. If it, and some people don't change that situation. So there's the karmic thing. Now, when I kind of talk about these categories of soul relationships, I honestly don't believe in like bright lined categories because I think there are some soulmates that have some karmic elements to them. They can be loving, you know, you've got a loving relationship, but some people just, and they're not bad people, but sometimes I think they just carry a lot of triggers and shadows. And if they're not working on it, damn, that's hard. It feels almost like a karmic partner. So there's a spectrum. Um, and I can go on. That's like a whole nother episode, those love relationships. Good Lord. But even if you're with a soulmate and let's say, you know, wherever they are in the karmic spectrum, <laughs> say you're with a, you know, a love in a good relationship, you can prevent an open reciprocation and reflection of love between each other if you have this scarcity. And you can do that even from, like I said, like coming from a background of like parents who've been together forever and me having a long-term relationship, I have this myself to kind of fight to make sure I'm not holding back in terms of intimacy or um, just expression of love. That is, it is such a weird thing to realize that you have a restriction 
that is almost like programmed in you. You don't realize, oh shit, I hold myself back on saying that I love someone, of being vulnerable to talking about, you know what, when you do this, it's because it reminds me of this childhood, you know, hurt. And let me tell you about this childhood, childhood hurt so that you know when this happens, it, you know, I have an emotional response. It's like having those discussions, like opening it up. Like if I have a, a mindset of scarcity, I'm not open. I'm not going to think that this person understands me or that they're going to accept my wounds and be gentle with me in response to when I'm triggered by my wounds. Because the more wounds I can express and explain, the less it's going to happen. And then this peaceful element comes over the relationship. Like, right? That's the whole goal. Let me tell you, when I have a notional moment, I always have to pause and be like, what the F is this from? Why is this kind of like weird? <laughs> and evaluate it. Like, why am I highly triggered about whether or not someone really makes sure that the dishes are clean before they put them away? <laughs> you know, something weird like that. And it's like, oh, okay, cleanliness was kind of like a trigger point with me growing up with my mom. Like that was, God bless, see mom. She just wanted and she had very high standards of cleanliness. And I felt that pressure. So I can get triggered by weird, like clean things that if I'm grossed out, I get like a little too angry, <laughs> to be honest. But like, who can accept that? Like, I have this fear in my heart. I was like, and actually, I don't think I really knew I had this fear. I had to like stop for a moment and be like, why am I being weird? <laughs> to be like, oh my God, it's, I have this fear of whether or not my spouse is what his reaction is going to be to me telling you about this weird thing about like how I was, how I grew up and like how I have this emotional, weird childhood, like uber emotional response to this random thing. And I need to heal it. So when I get aggravated, I just need to be like, I know I'm over overreacting, but you know my trigger now. Can you just tell me it's okay? Okay. Instead of having an argument, <laughs> like now we end up laughing more about it. It was like some pressure point and me just talking about it ended up and opening up, right? This love, this vulnerability, which I previously kept in because I didn't think, I don't know, the scarcity was like, I didn't think I deserved the kind of open relationship in some level. And I was holding myself back. So this is kind of a random example, very personal. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, hubs. Um, but it's my weirdness and I'm, I'm cool with saying that. And I think we all have our weird points. And so there's mine. I hope my example helps you look at yours and to realize that it's okay to open up and expect your partner to accept you for your wounds. That should be okay. And if it's not, I'm sorry. And I'll leave it to you on what to do with that and to get some talk therapy, which, you know, I always say in every episode is so great to do with spiritual work. <laughs> but it has made a huge difference. And we now laugh at shit that I used to be weird about. And not even just weird, mean about. Man, I could be mean. And it would just start a whole tense thing. And I'm so glad to stop doing that. <laughs> well. I stopped doing that about the dis dishes as much. 
there's about like 9,000 other things that I haven't and we're still working on. So I'm not out of the gutter, people. I'm still there a little bit <laughs> from time to time. So each one of those topics, the material scarcity mindset and the love scarcity mindset, that is, they are each like their own like basket of material to kind of address fully. But the one that I was going to bring up today that kind of hit me and surprised me is the scarcity feeling about how I feel like source is going to be there for me. It hit me when I was praying. I was praying for healing on my daughter who's got a medical issue. And at the same time lately, I got a <laughs> I got a nose piercing. This is a total midlife crisis bingo moment here. Um, I recently got a nose piercing and I stupidly got a facial and the facial I think irritated it. And so I have like this little bump right by my nose piercing. <laughs> Don't worry. I know to go to the doctor. It's my fault. There. It's all on me. I'm laughing at this. But anyway, I go obviously daily. I'm like praying for my daughter's healing. And I thought, well, you know, I should also pray for my nose. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing at the nose thing, but in all seriousness, I am concerned it's on my face, right? And in the next moment of wanting to like pray for my nose, I hesitated because I thought, well, shit, I want, I want, if I, if there's like a pie of healing and I get a certain slice, I want that full slice to go to my daughter. Like, I don't want to take up any part of that slice that could have been hers for healing. And it just like, it made me pause and made me almost cry when I realized the expectation I have about God in that moment, that healing is a finite amount and that I had to hold back that healing for myself because I want to make sure that she got it or or had like more powerful healing. And I realized, wow, that is so, I mean, it's incorrect. I mean, but what a funny little way that that shadow popped up, right? Right in the middle of my, my prayer. And it was just a hesitation. It was like a, it wasn't a big, you know, hesitation, but it was like a, oh shit, what is that about? <laughs> you know, it was just kind of one of those moments. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. I didn't realize I had that in me. I didn't realize that I had this belief that there's only so much healing that I'm worthy of, um, or that there's only so much healing God can do or source can do. So I had to, and I still am working on this, got to create a little script in my head to reprogram that in my subconscious so that I can stand more powerfully in my prayer and correct that crap. So I'm just changing that to an affirmation of that God has infinite healing, that God or source or light beings, whatever you want to call it, has unlimited healing for me, for my daughter, and like everyone else. And then I realized, you know what? I think I strengthened my prayers. And this is just like a little aha moment too, on top of this, realizing my little mindset that I had going on, I felt like I got the knowledge that I actually strengthened my prayer the more people I pray for. And I'm sorry, if I'm getting a little choked up in my voice, it's because, well, it's a couple of things, actually. 
I'm talking about healing for my daughter, which is totally a soft spot for me. And then when I feel this like love from source, the fact that my prayers would be strengthened by praying for others, it's just so fucking beautiful. I get gobsmacked when I get these little epiphanies that are about like the extent of what source loves us of how source loves us, whatever we call it. (laughs) And it's, it just, yeah, it just hits me, gets me really emotional. But yeah, the point was when you pray for everyone, like you enhance the strength of the prayer for yourself and for your daughter, whoever I was focusing on was the the message I kind of intuitively got. And I thought that was so beautiful. And doesn't that seem like such a God thing, like to get us out of our selfishness, to really feel the empowerment of actually on any prayer I make to try to think, okay, how can I expand this for more, more people? And yeah, yeah, it will strengthen my prayer, but it was just such a beautiful thing, which that, you know, that's kind of like a self-centered feedback, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just a beautiful concept. And I just, I'm going to try to incorporate that more in my daily, like prayer life. And I wanted to suggest it to you guys. I hope it helps you. I hope it makes you examine the scarcity element, if you have any with source, with your belief system. And I hope you fucking destroy that scarcity mindset and stand fully in your power to call in all the good that you are worthy of. And you're worthy of it just by freaking breathing. So that's it, y'all. I hope y'all take care. I hope this helps. 